everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Every year at WPPI in Las Vegas, I have dinner with Jason Shaw. This past year was maybe our 10th or 11th time. I've really lost count. I cannot say enough about how much I admire Jason. Yes, he is one of the founders and president of Animoto, a successful tech company in New York City. But he's a million things more than that. He's a good man in every sense of those words. I've wanted to interview him since day one of this show's inception. But the night before, we had our annual WPPI dinner, and he said that he had an idea. That idea turned out to be that he wanted to turn the tables and interview me. And so that's just what we did. Thank you, Jason. You are one of the best friends I've ever had and one of the best men I've ever known. So let's do this. Okay, I'm in. Who are you? What, what, uh, I guess um, we should let folks know uh, how we know each other. Well, you should. Why don't you? Why don't you start? start? You should let folks know who you are. Why don't you start about our story of how we, and then I'll tell my perspective. All right, I'll tell my version. Um, it was like 2000. If I had to guess, I would say 05 or 06. I don't know which year it was. Somewhere, would, somewhere back there. And someone mentioned at a meeting I was in one time this company called Animoto. Oh, they're doing these amazing automated videos you upload your images they make a slideshow for you but it's more than a slideshow it's amazing and I was I had a company that did that like I started this little company where people photographers could send me their images and we would create these really cool slideshows is what we called them but it was again it was more than a slideshow even what we were doing and I had a I had a system set up in Final Cut that allowed me to rename their files and just repopulate everything so it was all synced and ready to go. And I thought that was pretty cool because it saved me a ludicrous amount of time and I got, I got a, a, a decent check for it and they got a really nice product. And of course, in my mind, I thought, this would be really cool if we could do this on the web so I didn't even have to be involved. And then somebody said, well, yeah, there is somebody that's doing that. They're called Animoto. So I looked into you guys and I couldn't figure out how to... I wanted to reach out to you because I didn't see a lot of photography-related stuff. It was more general. And I, and I remember seeing this page, the, the About page, and there were five dudes that were all in these red tracksuits. And I thought, they're young, they're cool, they look fun. They need to do stuff in the photography industry. But I couldn't figure out a way to call you or talk to you. So I went to what register.com or something and found a phone number. You just stalked us. Just the, like, I did. Yeah. I did. And I called the number and and at the time it was Nate, one of your uh, one of your, your originals that answered. Yep. And he was angry. <laughs> he was angry at me. He was like, like He's calling us. He did. He was like He goes, How'd you get this number? <laughs> this number isn't listed. How'd you get this? You're not supposed to have this. We're moving today. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, I just want to talk to somebody about what you're doing. I think what you're doing is great. And then he put me in touch with Becky at the time. Uh-huh. And then Becky called me. We talked for like a half hour and she was real interested in what I had to say. And I don't remember exactly what happened after that, except for the fact that pretty soon we were coming to like WPPI and meeting all of you guys and like going out to dinner and talking about different ways that you guys could really expand into the photo industry. And then you did. And it, and it was really cool. Like that. And, then, and then along the way we became fast friends. And we became and, buddies through that, like and, friends outside of any of that. Yeah. Right? And it's one of my most cherished friendships. <laughs> I, I, I remember uh-huh. things in those early days is I was like, who is this crazy guy who keeps, I think you actually tried calling myself. Somehow you got my cell phone. I too. may have, I may have. And I think I even talked to you once and I thought you were like a salesman. I was like, thanks, but no thanks. We know nothing about photography not interested you know i'm a solicitor not, yeah because we came from the, the the film and tv industry and we're just like nerding out on technology and we're not we're not into like doing all this marketing and and trade show stuff and then but i think you eventually were like guys trust me you have to get this in front of photographers yeah. you guys don't know what you've done yeah uh and and so sure enough we we showed up at one and we were just like at a little fold-out table with a couple of laptops and we had a line of like <laughs> I don't know, 60 people waiting to like, sh- yeah. sh- and, uh, and yeah, it, and then I guess the, the, the rest is history. Now I guess people actually, well, you, you know, filled a big know. need, especially, yeah. I mean, it, it's still there and you guys have evolved into this amazing company that's, I'd never even thought could happen. But at the time, even it was this, it was a big deal for people to integrate that type of thing into their into their business, not just for what, you know, what their clients were seeing, but for marketing too. And you guys, you guys were capable of giving somebody a product that they were incapable of creating on their own without a tremendous amount of time and effort and education that most people just weren't going to do. If it weren't for your craziness and persistence, <laughs> who knows where we'd be? <laughs> we'd probably be on well, working at Seven Eleven or something. I'm glad, so thank I'm you for, glad uh, it paid off. Thank you for introducing us to this world. Yeah. So I have to admit, I was uh, a bit anxious about doing this with you. But, well, first of all, thanks for having me, and yeah. congratulations on the on the success of this. Um, and I was like, what the heck could I talk about that your audience would be interested? <laughs> yeah. Would actually be interested in. And, um, a lot, by I, the way. well, I, I came to one conclusion. There's one thing, there's one thing I definitely know that every single one of your listeners would love to hear about. Mm. And so this is what I pitched is they want to hear about you. Mm. I, I bet you <laughs> most people tune in just, just to, just to hear you, mm. but I, I bet people don't actually know that much about you. And so I'm hoping that this is a, how many, how many podcasts have you done so far? How many people have you talked to? Oh, 120 probably. Okay. So let's say every 120 episodes, (laughs) we get to feature you, (laughs) Jed Toff. And, uh, and I think this is the best gift we could give your audience. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, so when we, when you do all the kind of marketing and the, Mm -hmm. of this episode, make sure you put a big, pretty picture of your face. I'll put a little thing Um, of me in there. And, uh, so so this is fun. I, I, we're going to get to know Jed a bit because we hear you on the other side of the interviews for so long, but now we want to get to know. So I, I have no idea what you're going to say. I don't either, either. but this is, okay. this is how we do things. <laughs> okay. All right. um, I, I think what I love and appreciate about you is we, we just 
we're present we just keep it real and we'll, we'll just go wherever okay wherever it takes us right. but um so let me here here's a question that i bet you've never asked anyone and maybe it has never been asked on any podcast okay who is jed toffer <laughs> um uh i don't know i'm a i'm a midwest guy i grew up in central illinois amidst a bunch of cornfields I have a uh, crazily creative, talented, beautiful wife um, who who pulled me into this industry 20-some years ago, somewhat against my will, but then more willingly when I discovered that, oh, it wasn't film that she was shooting anymore, but it was this digital stuff that I really enjoyed anyway, because um, I've always been kind of a gear freak and a computer freak. And so, and, and, and so that, that was, that was a big piece of who I was back then. I, I grew up, I grew up kind of in a blue collar family doing like, um, landscaping and construction and, but I was always into, uh, tech and computers as well. And so I transitioned from one world to the other with, and uh, kind of alongside her to support her. Um, we have two beautiful adopted children from Nepal and Thailand. Both of those stories are long and worth telling at some point. <laughs> yeah, that could be several episodes in itself. Yeah, I just, remember just those, their own episodes. those adventures. Um, we, we live in central Illinois. We, did, we, we have lived in Minneapolis. We lived in Minneapolis for about five years. I've, I work for White House Custom Color, who has been our lab since 2002 or three. Um, and now I work for them. I've worked for them since 2009, um, doing lots of different things. This podcast is one of many different things that I have done and that I do on a regular basis. Um, I really enjoy talking to people. I enjoy hearing what people think and why they think it. I enjoy knowing, uh, who people are and why. And I don't care what, I don't care what that is, you know, like I don't have an agenda that I'm aware of, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I just really am interested in, in who people are and what they think mm -hmm. and why. Mm -hmm. And I, so I think that that's why that, that for whatever reason I've gravitated towards doing this mm -hmm. on a regular basis, um, because I really enjoy it. Yeah. You seem like you were just kind of born to do this but i think it is your your genuine just curiosity about people that curiosity makes this, that's a good word right that makes this yeah that, that has made this so successful but and I, i'm going to ask you more about the podcast in just a sec but i want i want i want to i want people to know you just like <laughs> uh, on a personal level the way that i, I that if i had um <laughs> if i had vicky your wife oh, here boy. sitting you, here and i okay. asked her what is it like to be married to this guy Jen? Uh, what would what would she say what do you think the the honest truth of what Vicky would say um, if she knew that 10 million people weren't listening. I would like to think she would say um, that the good stuff is really good and the bad stuff is really challenging hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. I think that I, I think I bring a lot of uh, decent things to the table, but I think I can be a real challenge. She... Like, it drives her crazy. One of her biggest pet peeves of mine is that I always want to know why. 
And, and for some of the smallest, seemingly insignificant, like I'm trying to learn to let some of that go, actually. Um, so it's a blessing and a curse. I think there's a lot of things about my, we'll call it curiosity, although sometimes it, it manifests in something that's ugly and not, not helpful in any given situation. When something goes wrong or something happens or someone makes a mistake, I want to know why. Like, why did, why did you do this or why did that happen? And she's... Mm. And sometimes it's it's extremely critical and, and problematic. And she's like, I don't know why, <laughs> and, you know. And so I, I need to. I think on that end, I need to to uh, back off, and I'm learning to kind of let that stuff go. I would like to think, though, on the other side, that that she would say that I have integrity. Hmm. That's what I would hope that I that I can be a man of integrity and, and, a, and a husband of integrity and a father of integrity. Honesty to me is is very important, but there's nuance there. We t- we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. where there's nuance absolutely regarding stuff like that. And and you know uh, the old the, there's the old piece that when you're going out, you're getting ready to go out, maybe on a date, and your wife looks at you and say says, "How do I look in this dress?" Well, there's the right answer. And the right answer is you're, you look amazing. And that's the truth, right? You know, but sometimes if they ask, well, should I wear the red dress or the black dress? And you think you should definitely wear the black dress because you look great in that dress. They want to know why, why you don't like the red, the red dress. Well, mm-hmm. who knows why you don't like the red dress, but mm-hmm. that's not really a conversation that mm-hmm. you need to get into, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Stick with the stick with the black dress. That's that's the one that you should wear, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, there's a piece of me that would want to talk about why not to wear the red dress. Mm-hmm. And like there's this other piece that's just like shut up. <laughs> you know, like, the jet on each shoulder. Right. In a sense. In, yeah. in a sense, the two the two the two pieces of yeah. me. And so I'm I'm learning more and more, I think, and it's weird. We did talk about this last night. I'm learning more and more about nuance and what that looks like regarding honesty and truth and um, the good and right way of things, whatever mm-hmm. that whatever that means in any given situation. Yeah. So it's. I think it's a time of. I think it's a season of growth for me, mm-hmm. in all of that, and it's been a challenge sometimes, but worth it. Yeah. Well, I think on, on that, I think, uh, you know, speaking of growth, I think one thing that we've had the fortune of sharing um, in our friendship is is basically having kids around the same time. We have yes. we both have two kids and just being able to share this chapter of being dads has been very special. So if I so uh, if I were to ask both your kids, mm. what what is it like to have this guy Jed as your dad? <laughs> <laughs> what would what would you think they would say? Well, I tell my son that he's the best son in the whole wide world, and he tells me I'm the best dad in the whole wide world. And that makes me happy every time mm. I hear it. But I think that they would also say that dad gets mad sometimes. Like, mm. he, what did they say the other day? So Vicky was on a trip, so I'm watching the kids. And it was like day three. And, of course, they were both like, I miss mom. And I was like, I miss mom too. I miss her every day. It's tough, isn't it? So we talk about that. And they said to me, mom is more strict with things in general because i asked him what's it like with mom and what's when i'm not here and they said well mom is more strict with things in general but you get angrier faster and they're they're 100 percent right mm-hmm. you know like i'll i'll snap at something like um the homework like i have to tell my kids 
to just do their homework before they have the snack or before they get to play a video game or whatever, like, like any more than I do. Like, it's just like we get home from school, do your homework first. Right. And then they'll sit around and 20 minutes will go by and they haven't done their homework mm-hmm. and they want to watch something or, you know, play a game or something. I got to do your homework first. Mm-hmm. And I can get fired up about that. Whereas she's a lot more patient than I am. So I think that that's what they would say. And they all, well, they also said that dad lets us do more stuff, you know, and dad will take us to McDonald's because mom doesn't, <laughs> mom doesn't do that kind of stuff, yeah. you know? So she, she's a little bit more strict with them and I'm a little bit more, more loose with them, I think is what it comes down to. Hmm. I like to be the fun dad sometimes, but yep. at the same time, you got to do your homework, man. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you, what are you working on as being a better dad? Oh my goodness. Um, Patience is my thing, man. I know I've gone back to that like five times in the 10 minutes we've been talking, but patience is my thing. My, my daughter is, is dyslexic and it's been a real challenge for me because Mm -hmm. I'm learning what that is because I didn't know exactly what that was before. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've read a lot about it now and I've, and I've watched some, um, educational videos on it and stuff and the way that her brain is, is wired and the way that she processes information and takes things in, it's so different than mine it just is Mm -hmm. and I can see it um but there were times especially at the beginning where I I really had like for a while I was like you're just not paying attention you know and this is this is frustrating for me that we're sitting here trying to do your homework and you're just not paying attention because we just did this like two minutes ago well that's one of the things Mm -hmm. about dyslexia is that you can legitimately learn something in 30 seconds later it's like you didn't learn it it didn't, it didn't stay in there. It didn't, it didn't sink in, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like a thing. And for me initially at the beginning, I just didn't, I didn't get that. I initially thought, well, you just mix up letters and you re- and it's backwards. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I, now, when we sit down to do homework, cause I help her with her math most of the time. And I say, okay, I know that it's your job to focus. And it's my job to be patient. Mm -hmm. So I will try my hardest to be patient Mm -hmm. and you can try your hardest to focus and we will work on this together. That's kind of like where we've come. Yeah. Because it's, I think it's my, it's still my biggest thing is that I need to work on my, my patience. But just the fact that you're able to kind of speak to that. So just kind of openly and, and, (laughs) and, and, you know, with such humility, I think is for me is what I've, what, something that I've always admired about you is you're just, you're very humble about it and you know, you know, you know yourself. So, um, you know what, I, I had this aha moment, which is, this is actually a great, a, a great way to get you to talk about you is, is cause I know sometimes you're not comfortable talking about no, no. your talking about yourself, no. but when I say how would other people talk about you? Uh, it's a little work. bit easier. It seems so to work. <laughs> let's cover another site. How would, uh, if I had a chance to chat with all the White House folks oh. that you work with, <laughs> what would they say? I don't know. What would they say? Oh, In fact, man. I'm going to go ask them right after this. Yeah, you what should. What would they say? It's like you, to work with Jed. You should hear it from them. I don't, I don't know. What I, is it? I would hope they would say that I'm honest too. I. That's really what I, that's really what I strive for is to be honest and, and truthful. And one of the reasons though, and I, so I really hope that that's what they would say, that he's an honest guy. Like he's going to, like, if he says it, then he means it. Or if he says it, then he believes it is the truth, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, and 
I, but, but my, I have a, I have an interesting motivation for that. And it's selfish in a sense in that I have discovered that being honest is easier than not. And I, what I mean is, I think it's mm. Mark Twain or somebody said something like, so he said something to the fact of being dishonest. You know, you have to remember all this stuff. Mm. And I, I, you know, there's been times in my life where I've been dishonest about this, that, or the other. And, and it's so true. You have so much to keep track of and it's exhausting. And I mean, even down to the simplest little things about, you know, the image that you portray to other people or, or the facades or the masks that we, that we create and try to wear in different scenarios, you know, like I'm talking about all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that I'm not saying I don't do that stuff to a degree because I do, you know, I know what it's like to play the game. And I know what it's like to, you know, have a persona, so to speak, to some degree, depending on where you're at and who you're with. And I don't even think that's all bad. Um, but it can get tiring over time to have all these mm -hmm. different balls in the air mm -hmm. regarding who you are and what you think and what you say, depending on who's around. Mm -hmm. And so I, my hope is that they would say that I don't, that I'm pretty much what you see is what you get most of the time in most situations with most people. Mm -hmm. Not always, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I would hope that they would, I would hope that they would say that I'm, I'm genuine and authentic and, and, a, and a, again, a man of, in, of integrity. That, that would be my hope. I, well, I would agree. I, I, say I don't know that I'm kind of interested in what they would say. <laughs> well, now I'm curious when I asked you last night how I look in my white shirt, whether you were telling the truth. Or not. <laughs> I'm gonna. I was. I'm gonna trade notes with Vicky. I was. Um, well, so I I I want to talk about this podcast. I can't believe you've done 120 because I 120 episodes of this. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when we were talking, and this was just an idea. So yeah. just to fast forward, not in, not that in a pretty short amount of time, you've done so many. Yeah, about two um, and a half years. And yeah. I want to know what. Like, what's this? What, what would you say is the the secret to your success? We talked a little bit about it, but I want to go a level deeper. Like, mm. what is like? How have you been able to do so many and so successfully and so different? What so different from others? I think that it's. I'd like to think it's because I don't have. I think the not having an agenda piece is a big deal. In my experience, like as a speaker. In, in the photography industry 10 years ago, whenever mm -hmm. we were doing all that stuff, yeah. 15 years ago too. Um, you're, you're, you generally feel as though, like, okay, here's an example. I remember one time we were in the Ozarks and my wife was speaking and I, I was there, but it, sometimes we spoke together and sometimes we didn't. I just helped her with all the tech stuff. And so this was one of those times where she was there to give a day long program, 200 people, show up and she's given this day long and I'm, I'm there to make sure that her computer works and that the projectors, you know, all the stuff works. She gets sick. Like she gets the flu or food poisoning or something violently like two hours in, in the morning. And I'm sitting there in the audience and she's, she, what she had, she had some layers on. She took off her outer layer and I thought, well, she's, you know, she's ramping up. She's getting ready to go. This is how she rolls when she's speaking. Mm -hmm you know, a mile a minute. And then she took off, she took off another layer and was just down to like her tank top. 
And I remember thinking, well, that's weird. She doesn't do that very often. Mm -hmm. And at one point, shortly after that, she just walked. She's like, okay, we're going to take a break, which she never did before, and just walked straight down the aisle and went out to the bathroom and got sick in the bathroom. Oh, man. So that's when I discovered it, right? She came back in, talked again, left again. You know, and she was just trying to pull it together and make it happen, but it was not happening. And at lunch, they, they had an emergency board meeting, right? They all get together, and I was there, and they're like, you know, what, it, what are we going to do for this afternoon? I was like, well, I can, uh, I can do a Photoshop class three or four hours. Mm -hmm. And they were like, uh, well, with all due respect, our people are here to see marketing. They're not here to see Photoshop. And I said, well, marketing is in room 202 puking our guts out. You know, like, we can't. That's not going to work. That's not going to happen. And so, you know, I think for me that that's, that's, that's a perfect example of, of what we're talking about there. Like, I don't remember what I was trying to say, actually. What were we talking about <laughs> initially? <laughs> we were talking about what, what is it that you bring to this podcast that's so different and special? Oh, right. Well, what was the point? Why, was it, why did I tell that story? Well, we started kind of going about you have no agenda. Oh, right. But I still don't know why I told that story. <laughs> but it was a good story. It was, it was a like, good story. Want, but I, I had a really good point to go along with that story regarding that. What was it? Um, my agenda. Something about maybe spontaneous. About I don't know. I had a big whole thing or... in my mind and I lost it. But I, I, I'll, I'll just scrap it and go back to what we were saying. I, I don't, I don't bring anything. I don't have, Oh, when we were speakers, right. Okay. Yes. That's what we were talking about. So when we were speaking and I, I remember thinking, you know, these, these people just wanted a certain thing from us. Like i I, I remember thinking mm. they didn't care about who I was or who she was. I think at one point, some lady, while she was in the stall, getting sick was like knocking on the door and asking her marketing questions. No. Oh gosh. She's like, Vicki, I know that, you know, I just wanted to have a second with you because I had a question, this marketing question. She's in the stall. Getting, and I remember thinking that they don't really care necessarily about who we are. They just wanted like the information mm. that we had. And I just felt like there was, I remember, and I don't, I don't think I get offended very easily or very often. But I remember thinking that is kind of over the top, man. Like you just wanted to like take whatever we had so that mm. you could use it for yourself. I don't feel that way about anybody mm. for these talks in particular. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to take anything from anybody. I want, I essentially want to create a spot where they can sit and share something that they really, cause that's the other thing about these podcasts. I only want to talk to people that want to talk to me. Mm. You know, I've had people say, well, don't you want, don't you want to talk to this person or don't you want to talk to that person? Well, sure. If they want to, you know, and there's some pretty big names out there that I could sit down with. And we've reached out to some people that have said, you know, well, how many listeners do you have? And what are your stats? And what? right away, I don't want to talk to them then mm. if that's really where you're going to go. And I understand why they're asking those types of questions and that, and, and for them it's, it's, it's either worth their time or it isn't. Mm -hmm. And if I've got 300,000 li 300, listeners, then yeah, they're going to be interested in talking to me regardless of who I am. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And if I've got 30 listeners, it's probably not worth their time. Mm -hmm. But from my perspective, 
I don't want to have a conversation with somebody that wants to talk to me solely because they can get out to 300,000 people. I don't care who the person is. Mm -hmm. I don't care if anybody knows who the person is, mm -hmm. even though it's probably in my best interest to care more. Mm -hmm. I like to talk to people that have something to say that's mm -hmm. real, that's genuine, and I will listen, and I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. Well, I, part of the reason why I think this is such a kind of a unique opportunity, I, I do think, like, when you show up at a conference, you know, and you're just, you're just trying to get some information, and you, you know, you probably don't care about who all these speakers are. You might you know, recognize their names, whatever. But I yeah. think what's different about what you're doing here is maybe, you know, someone coming for the first time, they're like, oh, that episode number 32, that looks like something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, episode number, you know, 78. But after a while, they're like, oh, it's it's like developing, it's like starting to develop this relationship with, with you. Yeah. And getting well, to sure. know you. Yeah. And I think if we did, did this, you know, in one of the first episodes, probably no one would care. But the fact that we're <laughs> now 120 something episodes in, <laughs> It's like you have a relationship with all these people. And so this is... This well, we is, do that, I'm, though, this, don't we? Don't we develop those relationships with people like that? I think so. But I think that this is fun just getting to have... Just having the opportunity to ask you things and for people to just get I, to know you. I understand. And get, to, and get to know you. I appreciate the sentiment yeah. anyway. So I so something that's I think that's amazing um, as an opportunity of what you've been able to do is... I mean, you're... You've got. You've had a chance to talk with just some of the most fill in the blank, interesting, yeah, inspiring, yeah. Uh, you know, innovative, uh, you know, important, you know, people in the yeah. industry. Yeah. Uh, surely, it's it's had an impact on you. Yes. Um, and I'm curious how either. You know, are there themes of stuff that you feel like in talking to so many people that have have that have surfaced and have impacted you? Or are there very are there specific conversations or even specific? There are. Things that have I think, been said that that have yeah. stuck with you. Yeah, I think the I think one of the biggest realizations that I've had is how similar everybody is. That are that are similarities, regardless of regardless of how we're perceived as human beings, that our similarities are, they, they outnumber our differences and especially our perceived differences so much. I've talked to, like you said, some pretty powerful influence, influencers in this industry. And, and, and a lot of times we'll, we'll have the, po the podcast, right? And then we'll shut, we'll stop recording and then we'll talk more for like any sometimes 20 20 minutes 30 minutes with some of these people and they really share stuff they really open up then because i think on during the podcast they're 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 starting to feel safe you know mm -hmm. and and then we we turn it off and they feel even safer cuz nothing's being recorded at that point and those conversations some of those i wish i had recorded but you know that's just not a it wouldn't even make sense at that point because that's not for anybody else. Some mm -hmm. of those conversations, those are the things that I've really, those, some of those talks are the ones that I really cherish. Um, because I've, I realized through those that, you know, this person, everyone thinks that this person's life is perfect. Right. And some of that is by design in the mm -hmm. way that we present ourselves on social media. Right. Cause we, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us have brands, like a lot of people have brands, like they are the brand. Yeah. So they present things a certain way mm -hmm. and I get that, mm -hmm. but 
you, you sit down with somebody and they share something, you know, that they're really struggling with. And some people do this on the podcasts too, but I, I you, you hear these things and you just think, man, you, we're, you're just like everybody else. You're not Superman or Superwoman or whatever. Like mm. you struggle with that too. I struggle with that sometimes, or I had a problem like that once, or I know 10 other people that have said the same exact thing, you know, like imposter syndrome has been a big thing that people have talked about, you know, where they just feel like they're, they're not really who people think they are and they're not really all that capable and they're not really all that good at this out of the other depression Mm. has been something that that people have have brought up repeatedly mm -hmm. you know people that you would never think um gary hughes did that on a whole podcast was about that mm -hmm. i would have never guessed that about gary but that was his point mm -hmm. is that you don't know what people are are dealing with or struggling with it's, it's certainly not on the surface most of the time mm -hmm. and i i think that, that that has been the thing that has been the most sobering for me um, hmm. to, to just realize that we, we are all these, we're all these fragile creatures in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of, of who people think we are and sometimes who we think we are ourselves, you know, we, we, we have vulnerabilities and we have challenges that we face and we have obstacles and hurdles that are thrown at us in all kinds of different ways in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, and we're all, whether we like it or not, we're all just going through this all together at the same time, right? And so it's, I think for me, it's been a matter of perspective. It's had like a, a, a big paradigm shift in, in the way that I see things in general mm. is that it kind of puts everyone on a, on a level playing field. I have, I have a big interview with somebody today that I'm nervous about, but then I remember that piece mm. and that is comforting to me. That this guy's gonna walk in here and I'm gonna sit down with him and I'm gonna talk with him. And I've never spoken to him before, but I've known about him for a very long time. Mm. And so I'm nervous about that because he has this status in my mind, you know, this iconic status mm -hmm. in my mind and has for a long time. But I know he's just a dude like me and like you. Mm -hmm. And he's got a lot of the same issues or dealt with a, a lot of the same stuff that both of us have, mm -hmm. right? You know, because he's a dad and he's a he's a he's a husband and he's he's a man and he, he there's a lot of stuff that we have in common mm -hmm. um, that levels that out mm -hmm. and that and there's there's comfort there for me. Yeah. What are some of the I I think um, some of the the best some <laughs> some of the best interviews are when they someone says something <laughs> that sticks with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and you've done so many, but what, what are some of the, the things as you kind of reflect, um, on all the, like what, what really, what are some of the things that have really stuck with you? Um, and it could be in a good way or, or in a challenging way or in a, when Sue Bryce told me how scared she gets and how nervous she gets, that was a surprise. Um, Troy Schroeder talked about a Polaroid that he had of him and his brother from way back in the day. That's, that was a beautiful time. Um, Rachel Martin was emotional our whole entire conversation and it was one of the beautiful, most beautiful talks I've ever, like I felt honored. Hmm. I felt honored many times in these, but with hers in particular, that's what comes out. I felt honored that I was able to be 
in the room with her when she was talking about all the stuff she talked about. And then Gary Hughes, that was, that was a mm-hmm. big surprise. Cause I didn't know he, I've talked to him a couple times and the second time he didn't tell me at all what he was going to talk about. He just said, I have something. So I thought it was going to be, I mean, if, <laughs> Gary Hughes is a blast and he's full of energy and he's hysterical and he's witty and he's brilliant and all these things. And he, we sat down and, and he just, for me, it was in a sense, kind of like dropping a bomb. Like I struggle with panic attacks and I struggle, I've struggled with depression and I've, and, and I didn't even know what it was at first. And like, we went through this big thing. And I, I remember thinking you are a brave, courageous individual to sit down and, and talk about all of that because it's not something that people typically do. He, he, he thinks we should, and he's absolutely right. But I, I think it takes courage to, to bring all of that out because it can be scary. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, that's probably another time that, that comes to mind if I, if I'm just talking about things off the top of my head. Yep. So when you, uh, when you think back, is there anything that you, um, <laughs> wish you've done, would have done differently? <laughs> in how you uh, have done any of this or in any specific uh, conversation? Not really. I mean, the things that I wish I would have done differently, no one's ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the big things, you know, when we sit down and I've asked, there's there's questions I've asked um, uh, that didn't make it to the air Yeah. Uh, because they didn't want to talk about that. And I found out when I asked the question, you know, like, yeah. and so that just doesn't, that just goes away. Yeah. You know, nobody ever hears anything like that. And then there's been a couple of times where people have said things that were like, even as they're talking, I'm like, well, no one's ever going to hear this. This is, this is, this is too much. Yep. And, but that's why, I mean, that for me, that's why it's a blessing that it's not live. Because a people that that makes people feel more comfortable to say whatever, mm-hmm. but then that also makes people feel more comfortable to say whatever. But me knowing that I can just cut that out, and whether it's something they said or whether it's something that I said or or a stupid question that I asked, and I use that term really loosely because I don't believe that they're stupid questions per se, mm-hmm. but they're they're maybe a question I should have known better not to ask in hindsight, um, but that I asked. Mm-hmm. You know, because I get in kind of a mode where I'm just, I'm just sometimes talking before I think, really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you ask it and you see the look on their face and you're like, oh crap, I shouldn't have, asked, I shouldn't have said that. But then it just goes away. So I, nothing that I can think of that's, that's, uh, that's really meaningful and certainly nothing that I could actually mention specifically now anyway, because I would just have to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you do have that, that, that power. Um, well, I think, you know, and then listening to you, I think, uh, a big theme, um, for why this has been so successful is, you know, a lot of podcasts, they're in, they're informative, but I think what you bring to, to, to every episode is the, the human element. And I think it's just so powerful to be able to, um, connect with people on a human level. It's, and it's, uh, uh, and it's especially hard to, to, to do that, um, you know, in, in just kind of in this format, like mm. just, just with, with audio, you know, it's not like people are sharing the room with you, but it feels like that. Mm. And people are really connected. Um, you've humanized 
all these people. And so it's that, that, that magical blend of, you know, information, but also just like that, just being able to connect with people on a genuine, authentic level that I think really set. That's, that's why I think, um, uh, why this podcast has been so special and, and, and different. And of course, because, you know, you're behind the mic there. So. <laughs> I, I said it, I think, uh, so this week was Richard Sturdivant. And I think in the intro that I did for him, I said something like, it's amazing what somebody will say or where, where they will go if you just give them some space to do it. Yeah. And I think that that's true for most people most of the time. Yeah. You know, I appreciate what you're saying and I'm, and I'm flattered by it, actually. It makes me feel good. But I don't look at it as, from my perspective anyway, I don't look at it as something that's very difficult to do. Um, hmm. it's, I, I just want to provide a space for someone to say what, what's ever on their mind or what's ever in their heart. And I think most of the time people want to do that. They just don't feel like they can, like they don't feel safe to do it or they don't feel comfortable to do it or sometimes people are embarrassed by something. But I think they still want to. They have a desire to share whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They just need to be given a. Uh, they just need to be given some room to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't. I don't want to diminish the. You know the the depth of that by saying it's not hard, because you know sometimes I guess it is hard. Um, but I, I think it. I think it just requires some intentionality on both ends to be like, hey, you know what. Let, let's talk about whatever you're thinking right now. And I, and I do tell people it's not live. And the worst thing that's going to happen is that no one ever hears it, mm -hmm. but that's disarming in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and right away they're thinking, Hey, you know what? If I don't want anyone to ever hear this, no one's ever going to hear it. And then that gives them that I think to some degree that helps them to open up because they do really want to have, they do want, want to talk about whatever it is they have to say. Then they say it. And then afterwards, like it, like it's so true just all the time with us you feel so much better afterwards right mm -hmm. like the, the all the fears that you had or all the you know, the trepidation that you had beforehand is gone mm -hmm. and and you've gotten it off of your chest and you realize how great it is to talk about whatever then you want people to hear it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> then you want people to hear what you had to say yeah right exactly. so that, that's i feel like that's how it's worked and it's been uh it's been a real honor to be a part of it yeah well, I think this has been an incredible treat just getting to <laughs> sit here in in your chair and and get to talk to you. Um, and I I feel like I have about 500 more questions I, I could ask you and we could do this for hours. So now it makes me think we should do this like every 50 episodes or something well, like that. Oh, maybe we should. Uh, but I'll, I'll, uh, why don't we wrap up with one last super important question. And okay. this is something I've been so curious about, especially over the last few years. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we've known each other for, you know, 15 some years or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and we're both about the, you know, about the same age. I think it's safe to mm -hmm. tell everyone, you know, we're like in our 40s plus or minus 20 years. Right. Um, <laughs> but somehow you look like you're in your, you're like you're in your 30s. Like oh, as, as we've grown older, I've started to lose a bunch of hair and I'm getting gray <laughs> hairs in all sorts of places. And, oh. and you have this giant full head of hair. Oh, it's big not a, beard. Oh. Your eyes are full of life. I have like all these baggy eyes. <laughs> um, uh, and you just always are. F uh, uh, so my, my question is like, where do you, where does 
you are just such full of life and spirit. Oh boy. And joy. And I know there are hard times in your life, but where 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 does all this <laughs> energy and life come from? God. Yeah. And if I were to talk to him, would it would he say having a relationship with you is like I would like to think that he would say it's a delight. Because that's what I would say about him. I Oh man. I uh my main goal in life is that at the end of all things, I can hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's number one. And so when you mention the things that you mention about life and spirit, that's, that's where my mind goes mm-hmm. right away. Um, and for me, that's that's the source. He is the source, period. Yep. Well, for as long as I've known you, hmm. and we better wrap this up before we get all uh, yeah. uh, emotional, but yeah. you are a man of integrity, mm. principle, family, faith. Those are the words that come to me. And um, hmm. I, for me, it's as, this is what I want your audience to know about you. So before we break down in tears, <laughs> I'll give you a hug. Thanks, brother. On, on, on with the microphones. <laughs> everyone can hear this. Um, oh, and man. I want everyone to know I love you. Oh, thank you. I love you, So uh, in another 50 episodes, shall we do this? I'm in. Because there's so much more that <laughs> your audience deserves to know about you. And so this is the Jed Hoffer episode with your guest host, Jason Shaw. And we have to do this more often. And, and thank you for just being so open and thank you. honest and... Um, I oh. hope uh, this is. I hope this is the best gift that your audience could. Uh, oh, I appreciate could, it. Could have in all this. So, and congratulations um, to like a, a genuine congratulations for the success of all this. Like, I'm so happy for you. Thank for you, your, brother. I appreciate it. So, all right, and uh, Vicky, we're gonna trade notes and talk about uh, the things that Jed has said about us. So. <laughs> all right, have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye.